Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah chapter 10. I want to begin reading at, at verse 8. I will, God says this. This is the word of the Lord. I will whistle for them and gather them in. For I have redeemed them. And they shall be as many as they were before. Though I scattered them among the nations, yet in far countries they shall remember me. And with their children they shall live and return. And I will bring them home from the land of Egypt and gather them from Assyria. And I will bring them to the land of Gilead and to Lebanon till there is no room for them. The word that I want to preach is that it's time to gather. It's time to gather. See, the background of this passage is that the nation of Israel had been quarantined for 70 years. The governor had lifted the ban and a remnant came back. A remnant came back. See, when the house opened, not everybody came back, but a remnant came back. There's always, when God begins to move, when God begins to move, there's always a first wave of people. Are you following me? There's always after quarantine, not everybody, not everybody's back. There's still, there's still a few empty, there's still some empty chairs around here. Pastor, Pastor Bill, you bought these chairs 20 years ago. They're nice chairs. I hate preaching to them. I hate, I hate preaching to empty chairs, but you're the, you're remnant. Tell, tell somebody you're remnant. You're remnant. You're the first wave. You're the first wave. You're the first wave that's come back, but not everybody's back, but you're the first wave. You're remnant because when God begins to do something, there's always, Rosie, there's always a remnant. There's always a remnant. When it seems like the world is going crazy, there's a remnant and they're praying and they're fasting and they're believing and they're grabbing a hold of God and they're worshiping and they're grabbing their neighbors and saying it's time together. There's always a remnant. Church, as long as there is a remnant, as long as there there is a remnant. These empty chairs are going to be filled in the name of Jesus. It's time to gather. It's time to gather. There's a holy whistle that is going out in the heavenlies. God said, I'm whistling. I'm whistling again. There's a holy whistle that's going out in the heavens. And just like the devil tried to scatter people, now God is whistling and he's gathering them. He's gathering in the saints and the sinners and the people that left. And the pe- he's gathering everybody again. That's what, how many of you had a mama that could whistle? I don't know where that came from. It sounded like it was on a microphone. It startled me a little bit. (laughs) Come on, how many of you had a mama that could whistle? You were three blocks down the road. You were three... You were, you were down the road. You were on your bicycle. You were playing. You didn't know it was summertime. You didn't know what day it was. You didn't know what time it was. You didn't know what was going on. It didn't, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what happened that day. It didn't matter how much fun you had that day. It didn't matter how bad the day was. It didn't matter who mistreated you. It didn't matter if you didn't get the winning kick in kickball game and you made the last. It didn't matter. It didn't matter because when mama whistled, it meant that dinner was ready. It would, come on. It meant that dinner was ready and it didn't matter what happened to you that day. And I speak over the people that are still out there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened to you. It doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what you got involved in. It doesn't matter if your faith faltered. The Lord is whistling again and he's calling you back to the house again. He's calling you back to the house. 
There's a remnant, your remnant, and God's whistling. It's time to gather. It's time to gather around backyards and barbecues. It's time to gather around fire pits and fish fries. It's time to gather around low country boils and cornhole. It's time to gather in living rooms and kitchen tables. It's time to gather in arenas and venues and sporting complexes and concerts and it is time to gather in houses of worship again in church parking lots and lobbies in your row in your pew around altars and places of prayer church it's time it's time to gather i hear the lord whistling again he's bringing them in he's bringing them in we got to understand that when we gather, some amazing things happen from this scripture. When we gather, we protect ourselves. We are protected from the enemy. In order to understand this, we've got to understand not only Zechariah chapter 10, but Zechariah chapter 1. And so we backtrack to Zechariah 1, 18 and 19, because in verse 9 in chapter 10, it says, though I scattered, say scattered, though I scattered them. So this is what happened. Understand what happened. And I lifted my eyes and behold, four horns, say horns, four horns. And I said, the angel who talked with me said, what are these? And he said to me, these are the horns that have scattered. These are the horns. What the, that have scattered. I don't understand everything that's happened in the last 14 months, but with every physical manifestation, there is a greater spiritual reality behind the physical manifestation. And so I believe that part of what happened is the Lord allowed the spirit of the horns to be released. And here's what the horns do. The horns scatter, the horns isolate, and then the horns attack. And so for 14 months, the devil has been at work and he's tried to scatter his church. He's tried to scatter the church and he's used everything. He's thrown everything he has in the book at the church. He's thrown a pandemic and tried to scatter us. He's thrown issues of race and he's tried to scatter us. He's thrown politics and he's tried to scatter us. Church, he can't scatter us anymore. I cast down the spirit of the horns. The spirit of the horns has no place here. You can't scatter us. You can't isolate us. You know what I see? I see the spirit of the craftsman. The spirit of the craftsman follows the spirit of the horns and the spirit of the craftsman it gathers and it heals and it builds and I proclaim in the name of Jesus the spirit of the craftsman is at work horns you have to flee the horns have no place in Cabarrus County. They have no place in your neighborhood. They have no place around your dinner table anymore. They have no place in your family. The enemy is not going to divide our school system. He's not going to divide your family. He's not going to divide us racially. We are going to operate in the spirit of the craftsman. We're going to gather. We're going to heal. We're going to build. You are a craftsman and you are going to rise up with a craftsman anointing like never before. I need somebody to pray him for the spirit of the craftsman in the house today when when uh, lions attack so uh, a group of lions is called a pride I learned that in the last service because I forgot what they were called <laughs> that's what that's why it's important that y'all got to preach back to me right it's not just amens it's sometimes you correct me in the middle of the message it's a pride pastor so I learned that a, a pack of lions is called a pride and um, there's usually about 12 of them and there's like three males and several females and the and the guys just kind of lounge around and the females do the work it's kind of the way the way it goes uh, they go out and hunt and and uh, 
Oh, I, I heard those amens. <laughs> and, um, and so what, but what they do, what they do, there's only about 12 of them. And so when they attack, so it is called a herd, but I learned this in between services. Does anybody know another name for a group, a large group of zebras? Never knew this. I thought they were kidding me. I thought, I thought Pastor Bill and Pastor Joe, I thought y'all were setting me up. I thought you were like, hey, watch this. Um, <laughs> a group of lions is called a dazzle. Did you know that? I never knew that, a dazzle. I know you're looking at me the way I was looking at y'all. I'm like, there ain't no way. But I guess it is. It's called a, da- a dazzle. So a pride of lions, two or three females, when they go and attack this dazzle of zebras, they can't take them down. They can't because the herd is too great. The herd is too great. See, when the herd is unified, when the herd is together, there's no devil in hell that can take us down. There's no devil in hell that can take us down. Because I'm not, I'm not always strong. But when I gather... Y'all, y'all lift me up sometimes, and you're not always strong, and you have weak moments, and we gather. And so what the lions do is their first point of attack because they'll stalk, they'll stalk the group of zebras. They'll stalk this, this dazzle, and then they scatter them. They scatter them, and after they scatter They look for somebody that has gotten away. They look for a weak one. They scatter and they they isolate. And that's what the spirit of the horns does. And that's what the spirit, the enemy spirit over these last four months, he's tried to scatter the church and then he isolates people. He isolates people. Hear me, that's what the devil wants to do to you. The enemy will use anything. He'll use anything The enemy will twist scripture if he can get it to isolate you. So you have to watch this. You've got to recognize the attack of the enemy. If I I feel scattered and if I want to isolate myself from other believers, and then the Bible says, let me read this about the, the craftsman. So the craftsman in Zechariah 1, 20 through 21, then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And I said, what are these coming to do? And he said, these are the horns that have done what? Scattered. Horns scatter. So the horns scattered the people of God so that no one raised his head. What do horns do? They scatter, they isolate, and they attack. And the way they attack a lot of times is that no one raised his head. Why wouldn't you raise your head? It's because you're afraid. What do horns do? They scatter, they isolate, and they attack through fear. So if you find yourself isolated, do you know what happens, what the, en- the enemy does? He gets you isolated. He drops one thought in your brain, and that thought starts ping-pong ball back and forth. I'm telling you, that's what he does to me. He drops one thought, and I start telling myself 28 stories about one, th- one thought. Ain't none of them true, but I believe all of them. I'm the world's greatest storyteller of the lies of my own mind from one thought, from one thought that the enemy tries to drop in there. And then you feel fearful. But watch this, the spirit of the craftsman. 
and these have come, so, and these is the spirit of the craftsmen, and the craftsmen have come to terrify the horns, to cast down the horns. That's what we do when we operate in the spirit of the craftsmen. We cast down horns. Cast division, you have no place here. Fear, you have no place here. I'm operating in the spirit of the craftsman. I'm going to gather. I'm going into the marketplace, and I'm going I'm to gather. I told this, this story, but pastor, um, you never know what's on the other side of an invitation to church, right? How many of you are in church because somebody invited you? Somebody invited you to Jesus. You never know what's on the other side of an invitation. This past week, um, Pastor Adam was at Joey's Barbershop. Shout out to Joey's because, like, Pastor Justin, myself, and Adam, and Wesley, like, there's, like, 20 of us. I don't know how many, but a lot of us get, get their hair cut at, at Joey's. And, and so Pastor Adam was at Joey's, and he sees this kid. He just moved up from Miami. Pastor Adam starts having a conversation. Do you have a church? No, I don't have a church. Come with me to church. When? Tonight. This is on Wednesday. So he's like, uh, takes, him over, takes him over to Multiply Youth on, a Wednesday, on Wednesday night. Just met him at the barber shop. Uh, happens to find out that the, the kid is a drummer. So the kid shows up at Multiply Youth, uh, Gabriel, and it just so happens that the person that was supposed to play drums had a flat tire. Gabriel's first night at church, he is playing drums on the platform. <laughs> like, you just don't know, right? You don't know. That's the spirit of the craftsman. Now, that's probably not going to happen. You're like, you know, that's probably not going to play guitar first Sunday, maybe second, but not first. But listen, you have, that's what you're operating in. That was the spirit of the craftsman to gather, to gather. You're going to operate in the spirit of the craftsman. You're going to look down your row and be like, who's missing on my row? I'm going to text them this week. Hey, we miss you. We love you. Come back. Sit with me. Sit with me next week. And they're going to gather. They're going to gather. We're going to cast down the spirit of the horns, uh, the uh, uh, spirit of the craftsmen, rather. They gather, they heal, and they build. They gather, they heal, and they build. We gather. The second thing that happens when we gather, when we gather, our children live fully and prosperously. So verse 9 says this, Though I scattered them among the nations, yet in far countries they shall remember me. Your, your child who is away from the Lord is going to remember the Lord. Right now. Right now the Lord is bringing scripture to their memory. Right now, the Lord is bringing memories of times when the, when the Lord touched them at this altar. Right now, the Lord is reminding them that they've got a mama or a grandmother that is praying for them right now. Every child of the house, God, bring it to their memory right now. Bring it to the memory. They may be running. They may be away. They may be anywhere. But, Father, I pray that right now that you would bring to remembrance. They will remember the Lord. And then it says, and with their children, they shall live and return. That word live doesn't just, means the, doesn't just mean the opposite of lie. It means to prosper. And I want you to notice this. Where were the children? So this is the remnant that has come back to Jerusalem. Where were the children living before that for 70 years? They were in, they were in Babylon. Church, without... Um, saying this with a critical spirit. It's Babylon out there. It's Babylon. 
And our children are being taught Babylon philosophy and Babylon religion. And we have to say, not on our watch. We are going to gather our children and bring them to the house of the Lord and teach them the word of the Lord. We're going to gather our children. I've asked, I've asked Chelsea and Aaron to, uh, to come on up. So all of us have our, we've all got our scattered COVID stories, right? <laughs> we've all got our, our online stories. I got my online stories. I accidentally leaked this during the last service. So y'all might as well know too. I was like, because, you know, yeah, we were, there was a time where, where we were all watching from our couches on Sunday morning. And I said, yeah, me too. I was watching from my couch on Sunday morning. I got some strange stares. We were, uh, we were syndicated for a few weeks. I'm just going to let you know all that secret. So um, we've recorded early, and it's because we just, all, all kinds of reasons. But you guys, um, like everybody, walking through COVID, but you had a few things going on as well. So graduated from the police academy and got a uh, different position as a nurse. By the way, can we just pause and thank God for all of our policemen and nurses and celebrate them. We're so thankful for, for you guys. So, so literally working different shifts, because you're working nights, you're working days, long, long shifts. Oh, and by the way, you added a third child during this mix, so had, a ba- had another baby. So three children under the age of, of six, and I told them in the first service, so I got to tell them in the, in the second service. I was, ra- I was rating um, poor choice of words husbands use. And uh, yours is currently second at the, top, at the top of my list. So it was date night last Friday, and you were doing on date night what couples do that have three children under the age of six. You were cleaning. And Aaron, you made the statement, and I'd like you to go ahead and make that statement. What did you, what did you tell uh, Chelsea or ask her? It, it's really not a big deal, but I asked her why was our house not as clean as my parents'. His mother's. <laughs> That's why it was date night cleaning. I would just like to offer proof of the grace of God that Aaron is still alive and standing on the platform here today. I wanted to, they all want to know what the first worst, like if that was the second, they all want to know. I so want to tell them, but I won't. It has to do with a staff member, but it was even worse than why isn't our house as clean as my mother's? <laughs> so, so life is crazy in the, in the Rutledge house during the, during the quarantine. And like, like all, all of us, you guys started out, because we all had to at the beginning, watching online, but just... Uh, Chelsea, can you talk a little bit about how that, uh, what that season was like in, in your home? Yeah, well, when we started watching online, you know, we were staying home. And then when things started opening back up, we were working opposite shifts, jobs that don't ever stop. So I just picked up shifts on Sunday morning or, um, you know, he was working. So it became easier to get out of the habit of going. And I would find myself then really not watching online sometimes and sometimes I would or um, even a few months ago I realized I was watching or listening to a live service 
at Walmart with everybody else in Concord. <laughs> I was like, this is, I should, we should be in church. You know, physically, our family needs to be in church together. Um, so. so you made that decision several weeks ago. You're saying, wait a second, we're going to take, we're going to take our house back. We're going to take our schedule back. Um, then talk to me about what that looked like getting the kids back. Yeah, so our oldest is, um, he's in Kids World now, and we tried when he moved up to Kids World to take him, like, back in August, um, and he had a total meltdown, cried in a corner, just the social anxiety transition was hard and has been hard for him. Um, so that held me back, too. I had lots of excuses, but that Sunday morning, we were like, we're going to go, and if he cries in a corner, we're just going to have to you know, support him and love him and walk through that. But um, we're going to go anyways. So he went in no problem that Sunday morning. (laughs) He just walked right in um, when we came back. And then the very next week, um, I got sent a picture of him on his hands and knees worshiping Jesus. And he gave his life to the Lord. And and it's just, if we had not come back. Talk. Talk about just the, the feeling as a mama getting that kind of picture of your kid. Yeah, well, I mean, I was nervous for him to even come back. You know, we put so much on our kids, they don't even put on themselves. But yeah. um, I was nervous for him. And then I went to pick them up across the street, and the pastor showed me a picture. She's like, I took this picture of him. And I looked, and I just burst into tears right there. And I just hugged her. I, I just... You just underestimate God, and you underestimate what you're doing for your kids. And, and he still was working, even when I wasn't present every Sunday. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Chelsea, Chelsea and Aaron, we honor you guys as ministers every day in the marketplace. Thank you for what you do for the Lord. Thank you for what you do for our community. Thank you for uh, being godly uh, men and women who raise your family and coming back to the house of the Lord. And the best is yet to come for the Rutledge family. We love you guys. And we're so, and I wasn't going to say this, but I will say this. Last week when you, when you were sitting right out there and the end of the service, and I almost said it last service, and we were talking about the spirit of David and the anointing to raise up the next generation. It was like the Lord just illuminated you guys um, to me. It was like you just started to glow almost. You carry an anointing, I believe, not only for your own children, but for a generation. The Lord is going to use you mightily in this season. We love you guys. And one more time, can we just say thank you to the Rutledges and honor them. It's time to gather. It's time to gather. When we gather, we defeat the enemy. When we gather, we raise our children together. And when we gather, we, we heal. We heal. I'm so, I'm so done with the devil. All of his tricks and schemes and division. I'm so done. But this is what the Lord says. I'll whistle for them whistle for them. God's whistling. He's whistling again. He's gathering people. And he says, I'll bring them home from, the, from two places, from Egypt and from Assyria. Egypt and Assyria were both places of captivity and bondage. Because some of us may have returned to habits during quarantine that we never thought we'd go back to. 
when people left Egypt, they never thought, I never thought I'd go back. But they ended up in Assyria. And Pastor, I never thought I'd, I'd open a bottle again. I never thought I'd look at that junk on the internet again. Because when you're in quarantine, you get in captivity. But the Lord said, I am breaking that bondage. I'm breaking that bondage. I'm gathering them from Egypt He's gathering from Assyria. And where did he bring them? Brought them first to Gilead. What's in Gilead? What do we know about Gilead from the Bible? What's the balm of Gilead? What's the balm of Gilead? The balm of Gilead is healing. This is a season of gathering, but this will be a season of healing. When we gather around altars, we'll heal. When we gather, this is going to be a summer of gathering. How are we going to gather? All kinds of things, all kinds of ways. We're going to gather on Sunday mornings at 8 and 9 and 11. And we understand our online family. For those of you that are sick or shut in, we love you and we're praying for you. For those who are on vacation and watching us from, from the beach, we're mad at you. We're jealous. But we want you back next week and you're part of our family. For those of you that are out of the driving distance of one of our physical locations and maybe you're watching from Michigan, we encourage you serve serve brunch, like bring your neighbors over, gather together in your living room and watch. But, but for everyone else, it's time to gather. It's time to gather it's time to gather. So we're going to gather on Sunday mornings. We're going to gather in groups. We're going to gather. Thank you. Thank you, tribe leaders. You guys are heroes. Can we just thank our tribe leaders during this time? We're, we're going to gather in gymnasiums and running trails. We're going to gather in prayer groups and homes. We're going to gather. We're going to get. And when we gather, we're going to heal. We're going to heal. We're going to gather on Wednesday nights. This past Wednesday night when Pastor Joe Phillips is sitting right back there. We honor you, Pastor Joe, and thank you for how you were used by the Lord. Can we just thank, thank Pastor Joe? He brought, he brought such an amazing word on the Holy Spirit, and these altars were full. And we're getting story, testimony after testimony of people baptized in the Spirit, getting their prayer language for the very first time. And we're just so thankful for what God is doing. I called, I texted Pastor Joe right after that. I said, we're going with the hot hand. We're going to bring them back in July. Our first Wednesday in July, it's going to be a night of healing. There's going to be physical healings in the house. There's going to be physical healings. There's going to be so many physical healings in the house. That first Wednesday in July, be a bringer. Get here. God is going to heal people. But God, this is what I love about Jesus. I love that sometimes healing and gathering is when I got tears streaming down my face and we're anointing people with this altar. Sometimes healing and gathering is around ice cream and inflatables. Come on. Aren't you thankful that Jesus likes to have fun too? I believe that's the kind of God that I serve. So uh, we're going to have a family night next Wednesday night from 6 to 7 over in the village parking lot. Dessert trucks and inflatables and all kinds of stuff. And then we're going to go into our services from 7 to 8. And then we're going to eat more ice cream. And we're just, we're going to gather. We're going to laugh together. And we're going to, and we're going to heal together in our 63rd anniversary we're going to be in the going up in that hot air balloon and we're going to be together with in sweet eight with multiply espanol we're going to sing in english and we're going to sing in spanish because that's the way heaven's going to be it's going to be all the languages so we're going to we're going to shout and we're going to celebrate and we're going to gather and we're going to we're going to heal because 
because when we gather, we heal. There's a forest out in Utah. It's called the Prado Forest. This is the Prado Forest in Utah. It's 109 acres. They estimate that on this 109 acres, um, the cumulative weight of all of the wood and the leaves and everything that you see there is around 6,000 tons. 109 acres. And so the question I want to ask is, how many trees are there? How many trees? 109 acres, right? Like that's a lot. And you start thinking, well, I don't I mean, I can't count all of them, but count maybe 10 of them. And then we can like group them and multiply and start. And there's got to be thousands and probably tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands until you find out that your preacher's really asking a trick question. Here's how many trees there are in the Prado National Forest. There's one. That's that's one tree. See, most tree systems are self, a lot of tree systems are self-sufficient. Not, not these trees, not these species of trees. That's all one root system that's interconnected underground. It's all one, they're all, they're all, are you getting this? They're all connected. They're all connected. I know they look independent, but they're not independent. They're, they're not trees, they're branches. They're not trees, they're branches. Can I preach this to somebody in the house today? You're not a tree. You're not a tree. If you were a tree, you wouldn't need to gather. If you were a tree, then you could worship Jesus by yourself this morning and be okay. You're not a tree. You're not a tree. You're branches. And so we're connected. We're connected. We need to, we need to get, we, are, we need each other more than we think we need each other. Because on a Sunday morning, if the devil's beating me up as a pastor, and if I feel like I can't have a breakthrough in worship, and I glance over here, and here's Pastor David and Kim with their hands lifted high, and I realize that sometimes I need your, I need your worship, and your worship inspires me, because we're more connected. We're more connected than we think we are. I realize, I realize that when I see a family that's lost somebody this week and maybe you don't feel like that you can make it, that we're more connected. We're more connected than we think. We need each other. We need each other. And I look at a society that still is trying to divide us along the issues of race and I realize that we are connected. That we're connected. It's one heart. It's brother and sister and the devil's not going to divide us. That we're, that we are connected and we need each other and I realize you don't know how many times you don't know how many times during the past 14 months that I'm thinking sometimes as a leader what am I what am I going to do we're going to make it on the other side of this and I look and I see this row this row that have lived through a few things that have seen a few challenges in this world. And I'd look at this row when I was preaching and I'd say, I can make it because we're connected. We're connected. We're connected more than we think we are. And we need these generations coming together. We need these generations. And when I think, Pastor Justin, when I think that I don't understand this generation at all, look at my kids sometimes I'm like what are you saying 
I look at the video games that they're playing. I'm like, what are you even doing? Is there a purpose to this? And I don't understand it. But I look at a generation and sometimes they're like, and I see a generation and they have their hands lifted. And they have their hands lifted and they're going after God and they're seeking the Lord. We need each other, church. We're connected. We're not trees. We're branches. We're branches. We need each other. It's time to gather. It's time to gather. The Bible, the Bible says this. First of all, let me tell you this. This is, this is interesting. So the balm of Gilead, Joseph, how did the enemy, how did the enemy try to get rid of Joseph? How did the enemy try to cut off Joseph's destiny? What was the first step? Do you remember? Isolation. What did his brothers do? They threw him in the pit. The enemy's first step against you is isolation. Do you know what the first step to Joseph's healing was? The first step, not his ultimate. It was a long journey. It was complicated. There were highs, there were lows. There was Potiphar's palace, there was jail, and there was prison. There was all kinds of things. But when they took him out of the pit, when they removed him from isolation, do you know who they sold him to? It was a band of traders from Gilead. Do you know what they, the, the, the people from Gilead had? It says, this is the first time we read it in scripture. They had balm with them. Joseph's first step to healing out of isolation was contact with other people. We gather and then we heal because we're connected. Because the Bible says this. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots. Do you hear this? A branch from... You're not trees. You're branches. Who are you connected to? What's your root? What's your root? It's, it's Jesus. This is a prophecy about Jesus. Our common root system is Jesus. But it was a stump. Why did they call it a stump? They called it a stump because thousands of years ago, the devil tried to cut your Savior down. He tried to chop him off. He tried to isolate him in the Garden of Gethsemane. He tried to say, look at you. Look at you. You're a failure. All your disciples have left you. You're hanging on the cross. You got a crown of thorns. Your own father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it looked like a stump, but the Bible says, the prophet says, that out of a place that looked like it was barren, a root is growing again, a branch is growing again life is growing again and the devil might think that he has taken the church down that he has scattered them that he has isolated them but I see branches growing again I see branches growing again I see life growing again because we are connected to the root of Jesus and we are connected to each other 
church, I bless you with the spirit of the craftsman. I bless you to gather. I bless you to heal. And I bless you in the name of Jesus, according to Lebanon, which is cedar, which is building. And we're going to enter a season of building. But first we got to gather and first we got to heal. So I bless us this week. God, would you give us divine appointments to text somebody, to call somebody, to reach out to somebody, to say, I miss you. I miss you. Come back. It's time. It's time to gather.